All right, so a lot happening this week, and today is no different. Gary Gensler is on the warpath. We're going to be talking about that and also breaking into what's happening with Bitcoin and some of the markets. We'll get into all that good stuff for you guys today. My name is Paul Bear. Welcome back to the Tech Path. Before we get started, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor. On November 14th and 15th, Human Protocol is hosting Nukeonomics 2023 in Lisbon to discuss the impact of AI and Web3 on the world and the economy of tomorrow. Make sure and use our promo code PB50 for 50% off. Now, Nukeonomics is planned to set to explore the future of Web3 with thought leaders around the world. Cool thing across the program, they're going to be doing a full kickoff on starting the event. You'll be able to get access to new speakers. They're going to discuss the impact of blockchain and creating human-centric economies and the future of crypto. They'll also have this thing called the L Room, which is going to be a startup pitch. So make sure and check that out. And then the following day, you'll be able to go to what they call the LX main stage. And all of that is going to be where we'll see Web3 and music, along with AI and other influences in digital media. Some of the guests. Speakers include Sam Weeks from Google, Erica Weichs, Snade from Adidas, Cyrus Faisal from Swissborg, and Javier Garcia de la Torre from Binance. Make sure and check them all out. Don't forget to use our code down below. We'll leave a link. All right, so let's break into it today. Let's go over to the first tweet. This is the Kobeisi letter just in. Market cap of Bitcoin officially rises above $750 billion for the first time since April 2022. I want to zoom in on that for you guys a little bit. The entire crypto space is nearing $1.5 trillion market cap. Man, that's nice to see. $1.5 trillion. First time nearly two years that we've seen this. Bitcoin prices are now 35% over the last month, 120% on the year. I want you to take a moment for all you guys out there that are buying in Bitcoin, have been buying maybe since the beginning of the year, you're 120% up. How do you say that to people when you look at that? I'm just kind of curious. How, how do you play it? And also, what tokens are you playing right now? Make sure and leave some comments down below. Smash the like button. If you guys like breakdowns like this, let us know. These are the kind of things. So we'll, we'll kind of guide you along here. But the resilience of crypto is incredible. The statement here, can't really uh, deny what's happening out there. You guys are in the right place at the right time. The cool thing is, is when you like this video, it's going to share it to others who will start to learn what's happening out there in crypto as a whole. A couple of posts here. I want to go to Scott Johnson. Looks like we've got some confirmation. One with a hard timeline, so almost certainly decided along with other open apps. Uh, the most likely outcome, USSCC said open talks with Grayscale on the spot Bitcoin ETF push is underway. So this came in further on him, and he said, my guess is Grayscale is one of the uh, two positions. They received assurances that they will receive a new order X number of days alongside the open apps, and then they have not received assurances, maybe demanding a new order. Kind of curious which one you think would be the case. Will Grayscale be aligned with the rest? Because with this alignment of discussions happening, you get back into the scenario of, Yes, ETF is going to start positioning, and maybe that's the opportunity. Now, the real question is, how does Bitcoin respond once an ETF does come through? Fintoshi kind of hits on a couple of points here. A lot of people argue that Bitcoin ETF is going to be sell the news. Yes, some pricing is going on, but we have no idea what the demand will be, and there will be some, some to start. Sure, illiquid supply is at an all-time high. That's one thing. A lot of Bitcoin is now in diamond handers. Yes, we know that. And then don't pretend you know what's going to happen. I agree. I don't think anybody really knows for sure. You can assume, I think, with some reason, that there's going to be some demand movement. 
But the biggest point, I think, is a, a little bit of a ephemeral approach to it. And what I mean by that is that when BlackRock comes into this space, if BlackRock is the one that, say, leads the way out, maybe there will be another winner here. Could be ARK, could be Fidelity. Whoever wins that marketing war, I think that's the point in which traditional investors will start to question their resolve around crypto. And when that happens, there will be a tipping point. And I think that's the point in which a lot of this is going to start to peak. Now, maybe the timing is going to be perfect, too, because you've got, obviously, next year, we've got the halving occurring. Hopefully, we're out of what could be a recession. Hopefully, we're out of these conflicts and other things are starting to settle. We'll talk about that in a second. Here's Will Clemente. He kind of jumps in on this. It's pretty obvious that if BlackRock is filing an ETH ETF, then the Bitcoin ETF must be a dumb deal. I don't know if it's a done deal, but this is interesting that they bring this up front. Now, granted, they may have enough indicators there that this is going to happen and they don't want to be left behind in the sense of a strategy around an ETH ETF. You know, I just had James Seyfert on. He and I had kind of been going back and forth. The first time I had James on, he mentioned to us and we asked him straight blank, what about an ETH ETF? He wasn't really um, fan, a fan of that, but he's changed his position. So I think that he, along with other Wall Streeters out there, are in a position now that ETH is going to make it uh, through as an ETF. Here's John Deaton, although I believe a spot ETF, Bitcoin ETF, should have been approved a long time ago. I believe the timing of a spot ETF approval is going to help create a perfect storm for Bitcoin. Whether you look at you know Wall Street and getting what they want, or you know what's happening overall, what they talk about, what he talks about here is we all know no matter what happens in the not too distant future, second and third quarter, rate cuts going to happen combined with rate cuts. This is my point is that you're going to get into some scenarios for 2024 where the cycle starts to feed upon itself. Rate cuts, the market looking at a much more structured capital alignment with an asset class that is now maybe come of age, along with all the technical components of what's happening with Bitcoin. And then what I think will be an absolute barnstorm of what's going to happen in Web3. That's going to include all the traditional tokens that we talk about here all the time, including, you know, ETH, AVAX, SOL, and many others in the Web3 ecosystem. So a lot definitely kind of lining up here uh, for good news. SEC Chair Gensler says rebooted FTX is maybe a possibility if it's done within the law. All right, so this I would tread on very, very lightly in the sense that I think the brand damage has been done. I just cannot imagine, it, it would take maybe years to get way past where we are today any of the people that know about crypto today are going to most likely be feeding into the crypto investors of the future. And what I mean by the future, the next two to three years, FTX is still going to be a memory that's not one that's easy forgotten. And I think because of that, just the brand uh, ethos that FTX uh, pretty much imposed itself on the industry, I don't think is going to be forgotten. So I think it's going to be a scenario they will not be overcoming it. And the thing that, uh, you know, Gensler might be trying to do here is maybe just set it up for failure so he can do an I told you so moment. I don't know, but I would not, why go that route? Why would you bring that sore back up into the industry when there's so many great projects out there and great exchanges and places where you can do things, including all these new entities? I just don't know. I'm not sure. Let's listen to a clip right here. This is Brad Garminghouse. He's talking about FTX. Listen in. 
issue. I've spoken with a lot of Democratic lawmakers, crypto skeptics about this, and they cite fraud often, that a lot of people are defrauded through crypto scams. How much more work needs to be done to push back against that kind of narrative? The FTX fraud mm -hmm. wasn't a crypto fraud. I mean, yes, it was, it was, a, it was a fraud. Maybe if Gary Gensler and the SEC weren't so focused on going after Ripple and meeting openly with Sam Bankman-Fried, maybe we could have actually avoided some of that, right? I'm already bracing myself for when I go check Twitter after this to see everything the XRP army had to say about this conversation. All right, so you can kind of see maybe with Brad Garlinghouse, obviously them trying to take this to the Supreme Court, will maybe adjust his opinion of how they negotiate with the SEC, and maybe that's what he's talking about there. It would be interesting if that actually occurred. Maybe there was something uh, that could be done in salvage between that relationship. I don't know. I want to go over to another clip here. This gets into Garlinghouse talking about Coinbase and what their current status is. Listen in. Look, I followed the Coinbase case a little more closely, uh, and so maybe I, like, I can comment there a little bit more. You know, I, the SEC is not trending well there. And again, if at some point you would think if you keep getting losses, you would say, okay, wait a minute, let's step back, let's reevaluate. Or even better, let's be part of championing a legislative solution. Well, you say you're hopeful that something happens legislatively, but ultimately the way things are going right now, do you think more clarity is likely to come from Congress or is it just going to continue to come from the courts and the judicial branch? I think that's a question for Chair Gensler. Yeah, it is a good question for Gensler, but I, I would agree. I think it's going to come from the courts at least uh, early enough right now because it's going to take some time to really get regulation in place. I would be surprised if we get anything very quickly. And with that being the case, it means that the courts are going to fall back on this, which is probably what's going to be what's happening with the Coinbase case. And if they lose another one like this, again, is that time you know, around political baggage the issue? I think that would be the question with, you know, Chair Gensler and obviously a lot of his alliances, including Senator Warren, of whether or not they should continue this fight. Let's go to this next clip right here. This is where he starts talking about the Supreme Court. This would be kind of a final nail in the coffin, but listen it. You will ride this out, fight it in the court until it is done if the SEC appeals. There's no chance that you would end up settling in some way. Well, that's a slightly different question. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> look I, I, we've talked a little bit about this publicly now. I, I was offered the ability to settle prior to, to, you know, they didn't just sue Ripple, they sued me. Yes. And they They've sued dropped Chris Larson. That now, right? That has all been uh, all dropped with prejudice. And so, you know, look, that feels really good, asterisk, mm -hmm. but yet we can't answer is ETH a security. Yeah, that's something that the chairman has still not actually uh, I, I don't expressed know if you're an opinion today, on. But ask him again today. Maybe I'll find him behind the curtain somewhere. <laughs> I'll let you know. If there is an appeal in your case or in, in one of the other cases we've talked about, that ultimately this ends up with the Supreme Court, that this goes all the way to the top. I think that definitely could happen. I mean, certainly, I mean, we've said this publicly, we are in it till the end. So you'd take it to SCOTUS? A hundred percent. I would. <laughs> I, we'd love to see the Vegas odds on how that would go. I think it, they would win it. I, I do. And I think the scenario is whether or not the SEC is willing to take that kind of damage. Um, I don't know. This is, this again, may be a political thing that is being played out right in front of us. And when I say political thing, the scenario of how to align against this market, this industry, with whether it's the Democrats or whatever political agenda is at play, and is simply Gensler a pawn that's playing out a few moves on the chessboard. I don't know. There are just it's it's an ironic thing to see the SEC take these kind of losses 
and not respond in kind. Uh, on to further. So here's SEC facing funding uh, block as rep counters the crypto crackdown. A little bit of what they're talking about here. You can kind of see this is, of course, Mr. Emmer talking a little bit. But the amendment prohibits the SEC from using funds for enforcement activities related to cryptocurrency transactions until Congress passes legislation. This is the thing where uh, Majority Whip uh, Emmer proposed this. So I don't know, This will whether or not this actually gets uh, into place and whether or not we see this kind of accountability at the SEC level. The fact is, is that we do have some, I think, alliances within Congress right now who really are trying to make some changes. Um, there is a political action or a political affairs event happening later this, uh, this month in November that'll be interesting. I'll get a chance. I think I'm going to tr try to go to it, but I'm going to get a chance to hopefully see where some of the backroom discussions are around this, especially in Capitol Hill, on the topic of how to control, not control, but at least, you know, rope in what the SEC has done in terms of overreach. I want to jump to another story here. This, of course, is J.P. Morgan. It says crypto rally looks overdone. Maybe. Love to get you guys' uh, thought on this. The analysts identified two major factors that have seemingly led crypto over the past month. First is the prospect of the ETF. We kind of all know that. The other thing that plays into it, he, he talks about fresh capital entering the crypto industry being invested into newly approved ETFs. We see more likely scenario existing capital shifting from existing Bitcoin products such as the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into futures and futures ETFs over into this. So I don't know. Would you, do you see it that way? I'd love to hear, hear your comments. I don't necessarily see that because I think OGs of the space right now would not necessarily go the route of ETF. If we're going to get action on the ETF, it's going to come from institution and or other fresh capital, maybe waiting on the sidelines from a liquidity standpoint. That's the real question. Would the liquidity be big enough to be able to move the market? That's the question. Second main factor driving the recent rally is the SEC's defeat in the Ripple and Grayscale. I agree with that, but despite these apparent losses, it's uncertain if crypto regs are going to ease in the future. Also agree with that. You know, we still have a little bit of a lineup that we're dealing with, but if we do get an ETF approved, I can almost at that point feel comfortable that it's just a matter of time between getting regulation because at that point you've got to have that bipartisan, you know, tug of war that's happening is most likely they'll pack in a whole bunch of other stuff in these bills that helps put crypto into a similar position to what the UK and the EU is doing right now. All right, so one thing uh, that could also be feeding into this is a little bit of light pressure on the economy. The, of course, after 118 days, the Actors Guild is now, SAG-AFTRA, is now, uh, that strike is now over. That's a pretty big deal. You also have the UAW also leaning off of their strike. Most likely we're going to see some unionization in other areas of the auto industry. Whether that's good or bad, the point is, is that we can get back to business. And I think that's the core of being able to correct a lot of these markets. Maybe why we're starting to see some action in the S&P. I don't know. I'd love to get you guys' feedback. Always drop some comments down below. And again, if you like these kind of videos, make sure and smash the like button. Do you like us to break things down like this? How would you like to see it? More AMAs, more interviews. Let me know down in the comments uh, below. Of course, if you're not in on the Diamond Circle, make sure and get in now. It's one of the best places to get additional content. If you guys want to catch me out there on X, it's at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on Tech Bath.